0: Ladies, I'd like you to meet the rabbit.
1: $92? Please, think about the money we spend on shoes. Well, I have no intention of using that. I'm saving sex for someone I love.
0: Fantastic. Is there a man in the picture?
2: All right. All right, guys. Hi. Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) Episode 9 we have, I don't know why I do a countdown to the end of the episodes. It's like counting down to like summer break or something. But we have, I think, three more episodes in the season. So this is kind of cool that we're at episode nine, the turtle and the hare. Thank God we're getting out of season one. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God we're going to get into season two so soon. Um, we're getting through the trenches of season one. And we have another kind of, typical season one episode on our hands tonight yes
1: i actually wanted to um just kind of note that you know we're on another lockdown um if you're listening to this we're recording on friday and um yeah it's nice to be able to have a podcast to record and i hope you guys can equally enjoy listening to it um we are the
2: mirandas <laughs> yeah we're the brandas i'm sarah i'm gilly <laughs> we, are saying, mirandas, right? yeah. we are the mirandas yeah we, and we don't have a tagline because we don't we don't need one or we're gonna find our way when probably we get to season four or something we need um, yeah there's
1: got to be some like really solid dry miranda comment that has to be the tagline i know
2: I know. I I just it will, think it will come. The writers have the writers have not given us that yet in season one. Yeah, and this episode is a perfect example of them forgetting about Miranda. So I really yeah. cannot wait to get into this, and there's some good themes to talk about. Um, I, you know I love to jump to the Manola Blahnik rating already. Of course, we'll say that at the end. But I, I have my rating big on my screen right now, and so I'm very curious. I'll say mine first this time when we go. Anyway, okay. I think we need to talk about plot. Um, just a quick summary. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So this episode, the turtle and the hare, kind of a nice little pun. Um, it, throughout this episode, the question of settling in relationships comes up and just different settling that the girls kind of go through in this in this episode. Um Big tells Carrie he never wants to get married again and this leads her down once again an internal spiral of what she should do, which then leads to Stanford her best friend semi proposing for semi proposing to her. Um and Carrie ends up telling Big she wants to be with someone who gets married and he leaves her once again satisfied with an ambiguous non-answer. Uh, Samantha, after being ditched on a date, starts seeing a man named the Turtle, known for his money and bad breath. She decides to take him on as a fixer-upper, but ends up realizing that there's only so much you can do with someone who suffers from halitosis and a bad personality. Um, <laughs> Miranda has no plotline line whatsoever. Um, however, in this episode, she does introduce Carrie and Charlotte to the rabbit. Um, Which leads us to Charlotte's plot line, which is being after being introduced to the rabbit, which is a life-changing vibrator. Charlotte becomes addicted and then requires an intervention. Um,
1: Great recap, Sarah. First first
2: thoughts on this episode.
1: Um, My first thoughts are, let me just open my door real quick so Wi-Fi can get through better. (laughs) Sorry, guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is recording a, a podcast in a pandemic. Hopefully that Wi-Fi just wafts in there like wind. Yeah, <laughs> just get I that mean, door open and I'm coming.
1: The, the um, equivalent of me opening the door for better Wi-Fi is blowing on a VHS in the 90s and hoping that it works. That or like some Nintendo 64 game. <laughs> just get that dust up there. <laughs> just shake um, it a so little what bit. Are
2: your, what are your initial thoughts of this episode after watching
1: it? Initial thoughts. Um, I think that there's a lot to harvest from in this episode as far as, you know, because the question of like, should you settle is raised. And I think that is probably one of the most important questions to ask yourself if you're single or even in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And um I'm excited to talk about that
2: That's a very really positive spin on it. I literally wrote no less <laughs> I don't think it's good bad writing <laughs> My, like, after it. but I, I, I like the like analytical approach or our, as we say our Jane Goodall approach to this which is really <laughs> diving into like this the the, the social the sociological themes that this episode brings up which is settling in a relationship and this theme is st- brought up right off the back with this Brooke character. So yep. the episode starts off with Brooke, who is their kind of fabulous f- single friend in the city who, who they describe her as every Saturday night is like senior prom, and I was like, so it sucks. Like prom like, sucks. So the the like the fact so that so you took like, your
1: brother. Okay, got it.
2: So, so your brother found you a date, which is
1: funny. yeah.
2: That so anyway, this person's life is clearly that girl who had a great time at senior prom, and her life is like that—just guys revolving door of men who want to date her, treat her well, investment bankers, people with money, attractive older kind of silver fox men it cuts to Brooke's wedding and Carrie says and here's the guy that Brooke is marrying and it's just this like happy nice looking guy who is extremely bald with a kind of long (laughs) coattail of hair at the bottom I don't know what bald hairstyle that is but it's not great and he's seen as a something somewhat she settled And we kind of figure this out. Exactly. And we see this at the end of this, the intro wedding scene when Brooke is talking to all the girls and kind of says a private message to them. And she says to Miranda, like, oh, you know, can you believe I found it? And Miranda's face is rolling her eyes. She says to Charlotte, like, you're next. Charlotte's so giddy. And then she says to Carrie, how funny. Frick fuck, I've gotta find this quote because it's it's so shocking. It's always better to marry someone who loves you more than you love them. And that kind of starts the episode in the direction where where it ends up going.
0: What can you believe I finally did it? Mm, You're next. Bill's got some great single friends. It's always better to marry someone who loves you more than you love them.
2: And Carrie's face is like the classic
1: Carrie. I've heard that advice. I've heard that advice before from an
2: elder. And uh, I've heard it too. I've heard it my whole life. I don't agree with it either. And yet, it's somehow. I think a lot of women hear that advice. Yeah, at least women I know. And and why?
1: Why do you think? Why do you think that was some sort of salient advice that
2: was... Maybe it was this exact thing. Settling for a man who could offer financial security, who wasn't as attractive as you, so you wouldn't feel... He wouldn't want to leave you because he knew that if he was kind of dating up, he would stay with you more. Again, this is all not scientific or like proven research, but it's this idea of women feeling, needing to feel safe in a relationship and not taking a risk on a guy who might be a flight risk.
1: Right. And now I feel like, I mean, I think the reason why like you and I probably don't adhere to that kind of advice is that, you know, we are... Um, lucky to be in a society that is you know <laughs> that has allowed women to have more like agency with their careers and um, hopefully in the future more um, flexibility with child care um, and so that they can have good affordable child care and work if they want to um, instead of having to choose between which I know a lot of women who have had to choose between yeah um yeah so it's I think it's maybe just older advice I mean I don't know
2: I think it is older advice and I remember someone in college telling me that their mom would always say it to them and I always thought it was like kind of questionable dating advice in college because I was like should you be having that mindset in college like (laughs) maybe that's the time to like throw it out the window (laughs) and just have fun but
1: also it's like I act- I'm <laughs> I i do not know why that makes me laugh because it's like that's like an MRS degree level advice, you know? Like
2: Right. And I was like, we went to Michigan. Like I think we should
1: <laughs> we are leaders and best over here.
2: <laughs> Go blue sisters. But you know, so I've also heard the advice, and this is awful and this stuck in my head for a long time, which is the mm-hmm. person who cares less has the power.
1: That, okay, first of all, I need to it, think about that for a second. So it just could be like two seconds. Okay. Mm. No.
2: No. I mean, no. I, uh, again, these in some way, these little frickin whatever sayings, of course, can like make sense in some degree, but they're not rational. And this kind of, you know, and Samantha actually says this when the girls are at their little food dining powwow and she talks yeah. about games, right? And Miranda says, like, what are you in sixth grade? All of these are just games. Games people play right. to feel like they are they have some semblance of control when relationships require a degree of letting go completely and being intensely vulnerable. And these right. both of these sayings of marrying somebody who that loves you more or caring less all give people some semblance of control and a pretty kind of scary choice to just love somebody right. and spend your life with them. Um, right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to note that we're speaking from more of like a Western American – culture Caucasian even culture because I know in other cultures it's you know marriage is is very is viewed very differently culturally and like I don't know did you watch Indian
2: marriages
1: love marriage did you watch Indian matchmaker (laughs) we don't I did I that's our other podcast
2: (laughs) (laughs) our other path podcast is the white view of Indian matchmaking no actually I only saw a couple episodes um I watched it right after love on the spectrum and that shows just (laughs) an amazing show and Indian matchmaking didn't match up
1: but I watched Indian matchmaking right before love on the spectrum (laughs) and like simultaneously watching 90 day fiance like i don't know what was going on around then
2: But (laughs) i started watching um that show where it's like they get married at the altar without seeing each other
1: oh married at first sight i haven't watched that one yet
2: it's a rat it's a dark hole (laughs) anyway we could go down that hole today but i know what you mean about the indian matchmaking we talk about these love marriages, right? Like, I love you, and that should come before any of the other choices that are put into play, whereas marriage traditionally was not that way. It wasn't because people just felt this love and passion. It was a financial and strategic decision that families and communities had input, and it's changed drastically as choices have broadened and people's view of the institution of marriage has changed. Just so And also, like you know, uh, bringing
1: prosperity into the family and shadouby like yeah. that. So I don't know. I think it's important to kind of like at least mention. I mean, I I, I don't have first hand knowledge or experience with non like
2: Western American kind of relationships. Yes. Or, so yeah. I think that's good to mention because we are coming from a place of our own experiences, and we, in a lot of ways, are privileged that we are making financial. We're we able to make decisions in a relationship that are not motivated financially, that are not really motivated financially. <laughs> I said, was yeah. not really. <laughs> they're
1: not, they're not, <laughs> Sarah, I was just about to say, like, I think not really solid, like, because I'm still kind of. It's like for me, I know. it's like,
2: <laughs> I like Dakota, Dakota pays more of the rent. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm paying less rent as well. So, I uh, you know what? Okay, we could. We, you know what? I think we can get into this. I do want to go back a little bit to the plot part of this and see how yes. the episode is addressing this, because of course Carrie takes this advice that the friend gives this girl Brooke. Yes, and immediately goes into self analysis and is like, oh, I need to bring this up. You know, I kind of need to talk to marriage about you know to, to big, and she. We have another big whammy here and Big says, I never plan on getting married again. And right. here we go for the Carrie Big spiral ambiguity of the episode. And So Carrie actually, search, mm-hmm. yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah, so that's actually
1: um, – well, actually, sorry. Let me switch gears. Um, my eyeballs gears. are just – I have terrible eyesight, y'all. and so We I both have to, do. Like,
2: we have the thickest yeah. glasses on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I took a screen capture to put on our Instagram of us, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't out. know. Do. There's like eight eyes here right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, um, are you looking something up of a note you took?
1: Well, yeah, I'm looking up a note that I took. Um, I wanted to ask, um, why do you think people who who aren't in love, get married? That's actually one of the questions that I think Carrie asks at brunch with the girls.
2: No, she asked that to Big. Oh, sh-
1: Oh my god, I'm so glad you're here. She does <laughs> ask that to Big. She does. People are always telling me things I don't want to hear. But this one crossed the line. Hey,
0: did I wake you? Not at all. Question. Questions
1: why do people get married if
0: they're not in love
1: i don't know companionship guilt, political asylum
2: well why did you get married she has had to big which is also one of those things where you're like carrie what are you asking him for what answer could he possibly provide that's going to give you some sense of like re- reassurance some okay peace. The, yeah if you were to ask me that my I think for a sense of security, I think there are a lot of people, and this is not a judgment, that the thought of being alone is is unbelievably terrifying. and And that fear of being alone um is overrides the decision about who they marry. And it's like right. I will be with anybody if I just don't have to be alone. And I think there are a lot of people, and maybe I we're we're a very different representation of like yeah. a thirty year old woman because we're we're not like itching to get married. Yeah. And I think there are women who it's a social thing. Their friends are getting married. Their parents want them to get married. Like I've never once had my parents ever talk about. They've never put pressure on me to do that. And I think there yeah, are other people no who face yeah. that. And you and like even Stanford goes through that in this episode. And the pressure that a family can put on with inheritance and money and acceptance. Um, Right. So we're – and I think Carrie says something in the episode, like, maybe this is the wrong group to talk about this with. I think we might be the wrong people to talk about (laughs) marriage with because we're not like –
1: Because we're not married. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Because we're not married. Have Um, not been married. (laughs) Have not been married. Um, Yeah. But – and that's a choice. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I – what, what do you think? Why do you think people choose to marry people they're not in love with? Well, I, well,
1: first off, I really liked how Big kind of like – he didn't really know either, which I kind of liked. He was mm-hmm. kind of like, hmm, I don't know. And I can't really remember you what he You is
2: crazy Carrie and your crazy questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's like stirring. He's making tomato sauce from scratch. And I'm just like, oh my yeah. god! She's just like staring directly at him, like <laughs> I know. with bated
2: breath, waiting for his response. No, 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 no! That's not the, that's not the scene. The scene is she's calling him, and he's in any he, and he's oh, in bed. I keep butchering this, I literally just watched this. But no, no, but do you know what though? It's because all their conversations are fucking the same. They're all the same, so obviously they're all blending into just one ambiguous conversation with her begging for some sort of like reassurance and him giving her some sort of riddle back for her to, yeah.
1: Good night. Good night. I hung up the phone wondering, could I date a man who would never get married? Yeah. <laughs> I so wish that like <laughs> texting didn't exist because I love, I mean, that was essentially a text message, right? Like, yeah. you know, they're yeah. both in bed, like chilling, you know, maybe they're tired, they had a long day, and like she's just yeah. like shooting him a call and just like posing a question. And, you know, I, I that
2: I do love that well, this I, show doesn't involve texting.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: it is nice. And can you Im-
1: can you imagine his response via text? It would. Can have- you imagine
2: her as a texter? <laughs> <laughs> She'd be blown up his phone. It's just terrible. Oh my god. Yeah, you- him as a texter. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah. Yes, period. What? <laughs> what does his lack of exclamation points mean? His punctuation is... It could be an entire episode on the lack of punctuation in a text that she could then <laughs> Me- have.
1: Meanwhile, Sarah... Uh, sorry. Carrie's sending all of her text messages with, like, the balloon effect. <laughs> 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 or the laser effect.
2: <laughs> and he just gives her one-word answers, like, and then kay. she's like pondering, and then she's like brings her phone out to brunch, and is having the girls analyze it. And Miranda's like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, you're stupid, but mochi.
1: I mean, oh I feel God. like. I mean, I feel like if texting existed. Sorry for in advance to all our listeners who identify with Carrie, because I'm about to roast her. But um, I was going to say, if, if texting was somehow involved in Carrie's dating life, she would be so much more insufferable.
2: <laughs> yeah. She would just be con- yeah.
1: constantly overanalyzing.
2: Yeah, and like, or not responding, responding, not responding. Like, yeah, and, and, and the person be like, I just want to know if you want to go to dinner, you know, and she's like, has to like, rue it over. Um, or read
1: receipts. Can we imagine? Oh, what she kids? would,
2: oh, she'd be a screenshotter. She would screenshot <laughs> the shit out of anything anyone said and forward it big, to Big, what Big
1: would say. <laughs> Yeah, She would, would just harass would Miranda with screenshots from Big and her, her thread.
2: <laughs> yeah, this isn't another timeline of the show. Um Okay, I know we tend to, we kind of go off track sometimes, but that's okay because these are good things to talk about. We have, I wouldn't say, I usually say there's a lot to unpack here. I don't actually know (laughs) if there's a lot to unpack because we talked about a huge theme that this episode brings up. But another big theme that's brought Mm -hmm. up is sex toys, vibrators. Um, Miranda is kind of when they're at this, you know, the girl food powwow tribunal Mm -hmm. Miranda says like I don't need a man I have this amazing vibrator the rabbit and Charlotte's like no like that's he a vibrator doesn't bring you flowers just silly Charlotte stuff it doesn't write you letters bring you flowers a vibrator does not call you on your birthday a vibrator doesn't send you flowers the next day and you cannot take a vibrator home to meet your mother the writers are like, bam, Charlotte, we're going to give you a sexually compromising situation, just like we've been doing. <laughs> and they, they, she ends up trying out this vibrator and like loves it, loves it, loves it. Um, is, Well, it's starts not like, a vibrator. It's the rabbit. The rabbit. And I remember here, I remember he, this was like a, a, a thing, right? Like hearing about this vibrator on the show and I remember seeing it on the show it looks so old fashioned like vibrators now are very sleek and it's like the quip toothbrush of vibrators like that kind of sleek ergonomic design whereas (laughs) this looked like a giant pink battery penis with a rabbit on it
1: Right? It's kind of strange. It looked like it came out of one of those, like, little, like, candy, like, gift dispensers that you put a quarter in. (laughs) You twist the knob and this, like, weird thing comes out. And
2: it was $90, and Charlotte (laughs) was like, look at its cute little face. Oh, God. Look! Oh, it's so cute! Oh, I thought it would be all scary and weird, but it isn't.
1: It's, It's pink! For girls! And look, the little bunny he has a little face. Oh. like Peter Rabbit. Well, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. First of all, okay, all right. So, to get personal, I did buy the a rabbit last year. Um, there was some sort of, like, post-Christmas sale on this website. Got it for, like, 40 bucks. Personally, don't love it, but that's my own baggage issues. But... Well, God, I made that seem like way heavier than it You're is. Like, I'll talk
2: to my therapist about that. I'll
1: talk to my therapist. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't that into it. But I will say, I will say that that model that they had in the show still exists. You can still wow. buy that model. And I almost did because it had so many good reviews. But the little weird balls in the, it, it weirded me out a little bit. And so I didn't.
2: And did it require it. batteries or did it have a charger? Anything that requires a battery now are, like, remote controls and, like, upscale. I don't I'm use a lot of things sure. that require batteries. Okay.
1: Yeah. They charge now, these things.
2: Yeah. It's a USB or something. You hook it up to your laptop or something. Before
1: but- we know it, they'll be solar powered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Stick your vibrator out in the sun for some juice. (laughs) It gets even more
1: charged when it's inside of you and you're outside together.
2: (laughs) Oh my god. A solar... Powered vibrator. That is a <laughs> skit waiting to happen. It's like eco-friendly. Can you imagine
1: if like solar powered vibrators single-handedly like <laughs> saved
2: like energy for like the globe? Climate change hinges <laughs> hinges upon vibrators now being solar powered. I mean, this is something we need to we need to investigate if there's any um climate change uh scientists, engineers, I don't know who works on that.
1: Sarah, I thought you were going to- <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we need to
2: invest in this idea. <laughs> well, we could do that, too. I'm looking to, to diversify my income. I'm an independent financial woman. Okay. Um, Are there any financiers
1: listening <laughs> to this podcast? I yeah, think that they're, yeah. solar-powered vibrators is wave of the future just give us a shout out at the miranda's
2: pod at gmail.com i'm half serious i mean this is this is something i'm interested in um okay uh so the vibrator you know part of the episode is interesting because here is it's just a a funny play on settling because miranda's like I'm going to settle for this vibrator. I know where my next orgasm is coming from. Like, who do you guys know who it's coming from? Which is kind of a really creepy thing that she did with her fingers and looked around the brunch table. <laughs> like, if my, if my friend looked at me and was like, do you know where your next orgasm is coming from? And then tickled her fingers. I'd be like, you need to go. <laughs> We're not inviting you to brunch anymore.
1: But, so, like, so, I'm trying to eat my lobster benedict here. Can you please stop fingering put the there? down
2: deal in 50 years men are going to be
0: obsolete anyway i mean already you can't talk to them you don't need them to have kids with you
2: don't even need them to have sex with anymore as i've just very pleasantly discovered Uh uh-oh sounds like somebody just got their first vibrator not first (laughs) ultimate so anyway so then charlotte you know becomes obsessed with this and it's it's an interesting take on her quote-unquote settling and then carrie and miranda eventually come over and then they take it from her oh, i'm really sorry but i'm gonna have to cancel yeah i'm totally wiped out
1: uh-huh wiped out that was charlotte speak for i'm spending the night with my vibrator but you guys have fun though <clears throat> there was only one thing to do a
2: rabid intervention and I don't know from a hygienic point of view, what I didn't like about the writing <laughs> was that Charlotte had it in her bed and then Miranda half hazardly grabbed it and then put it in her own bag. Did that, is this the, is this the OCD in me that's like freaking out or did that weird you out too? <laughs> well, no, here's, <laughs> here's
1: the thing, I'm laughing really hard. Because I was gonna comment on something else that Miranda did, that I, and this is why I didn't even notice her put it in her bag. I noticed her. They walk. <laughs> they walk into the room. They bust open the door to Charlotte's bedroom, and the first thing Miranda does is open the window because <laughs> it's oh clearly it's. Sp- <laughs> Clearly smelled of like female bat masturbation. It <laughs>
2: was like body odor, just all the- <laughs> wait, that is so amazing. I completely missed that, and so there are so many levels to this scene that are so oddly executed. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm gonna rewatch it after this and just watch this. And so she goes <laughs> Clearly, Charlotte is now hunkered down, obsessed with Vibrator, is now ditching plans. The, her room smells bad. She hasn't showered. Like, she's an addict, like a complete addict. And I just love that Miranda then grabs it with her hand and then puts it in her purse. I don't know. There was a. I, ooh, I don't know. Wasn't realistic well, to me. Uh, the handling well, it's of not- personal <laughs> items.
1: It's not realistic because we are living in the age of pandemics. Like that is true. I, you can I can't even oh. go into an H&M without a mask on. <laughs> and you're handling someone's vibrator in, in their you bed. Are, uh, oh,
0: you are man handling
1: this vibrator. <laughs> Throwing
2: it into your Michael Kors purse. I thought that's. I thought first off the plot line was was just silly because Sex and City does this. They have these silly plot lines that go nowhere. They're they're episodic. They're just for. Does that? I think that means just per episode. But whatever. It was silly. Also, Miranda, the only plot in this is just her being a big weirdo this whole episode, where that leather <laughs> duster, she's wearing a leather duster and <laughs> spiky hair and a red turtleneck. And what are they doing to her? She's terrible. In she's yeah. Crime Miranda. <laughs> oh, this is classic, bad fashion kind of lesbian Miranda. Like they are <laughs> painting her like such a man hater this season. <laughs> But she kind of is in some ways. But she so desperately she, wants a man. That's why it's it's funny.
1: Well, she's jaded and that's why jaded, I identify yeah. with Miranda. I'm in a relationship, yes. but I'm still like a little jaded about my past single dating
2: experience.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll always
2: be a little bit jaded. I really <laughs> will be. And I think like there's I, I hope. That the friends that I have who are single, I've never wanted to seem like a couple person. Oh my god, me and too, dude. Dakota and oh I are, are both very like that, which I go so many places without Dakota. We I go yes. hang out with – like I, I want to remain in some ways like this person who like single people I I, I know that's yeah. maybe maybe no, that's stupid I get to it. say it that way, but I think you know what I mean. And it's this no, it's not I get it. I yeah i get it as someone who's
1: been i get it as someone who's been the third fifth or even like seventh wheel multiple times i get that like not wanting to make someone feel like they're not part of a club or they can't you know do
2: something yeah yeah exactly um Okay, on a whole other note, another fantastic theme that this episode talks about is the idea of a fixer upper. Yes. Great. Brooke. In this episode, clearly is dating a guy who she may deem as a fixer-upper. We don't know what – he might get a hair transplant at some point. This is not mentioned. Mm-hmm. It seems like she is – she has an idea for this guy. <laughs> and Samantha ends up, you know, at this wedding they go to the beginning, is asked out on a date by a nice guy who does look like an, an emaciated Gordon Ramsay. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> what? Um, pl- for anyone watching this episode, please go to the scene in which Samantha is on a date. And he looks like a malnourished turtle. No, 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 no. The guy she goes on a date with who ditches her, and that's why she ends up with Turtle. Oh, he looks like a malnourished Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) And these are things we like to call out celebrity lookalikes who are not attractive. And I don't think Gordon Ramsay is that attractive, but this guy was certainly odd. Anyway, so Samantha's at this restaurant. This guy ditches her. She's leaving and then the turtle. The turtle is this guy introduced at the wedding who is known for making great investments but has bad breath, a bad conversationalist, mm. but kind of probably a nice weirdo guy who just like he seemed kind of old know, though he, to be honest. He did. I don't know. Like I wish he was like more charming. Cuz I, I wish mean if he you was have more
1: charming. yeah.
2: Yeah, if you have bad breath and a bad personality, There's no hope.
1: And you don't look great. There's, yeah. I
2: I know. I mean, but he's got money bags.
1: So he's he's money. And men can get
2: away with so much. If you have a shit ton of money, you can be non-attractive, bad breath, and a bad dresser. And there are still women lining up to be with someone who has money. That's a whole other topic. But in this case, Samantha decides to take Turtle under her wing and dress him in nice clothing, gets him a facial, gets him new glasses. And this they go to up, helmet lang, get him they a go new to helmet outfit. lang. And you know, <laughs> to kind of skip ahead before we get into this the theme of it, you know, Samantha ends up ditching him because he still is talking about these bizarre things at dinner. He's not a sexy, suave guy. And she's like, there's only so much there's only so much you can physically dress on somebody to make them presentable, whatever. So what's your, what are your opinion on fixer upper guys? Is that a thing? Is that, should that be a Mm. thing? Do we condone it? Do we look down on it? What is it?
1: Okay, so I am not the person to answer this because for me, I've always needed to like have a guy that has a little bit of swag and like whether that's like even just having a good pair of shoes or like, a great interest in music or something you know and like i am not for me it's like i need more commonalities with them like because i do like style and fashion and stuff like that in order to relate and i think i can't do a complete fixer-upper at least to the level of the turtle in this episode because that's that's like a full makeover hundred percent and that, that is, like, for me at that point, it's more superficial than it is, like... I don't know. I've never dated somebody where I feel like I want to give them a makeover. But I... This is where I'm, like, the definition of fixer-upper is also kind of murky for me. Because at the same time, like, I think that, like... Yeah, like, my partner, who probably is going to listen to this episode, like you know like me as well like needs needed to like grow up a little bit and it took a while for us to like be able to live together and and reach that stage and so maybe that's like a fixer upper thing where it's like mm-hmm. i don't know what how do you define this like what do you think what do you think
2: so I'm thinking about it in the sense of this episode and I have a a really good friend who introduced us to a guy she was dating who was just not that attractive. I'm going to be honest, not that attractive and wasn't that great of a dresser. But my God did this guy worship her and was kind and generous and thoughtful and sincere sincerity is such an important quality Love that it. i think a lot of men lack but that's a whole other discussion uh she said this to me and she said <laughs> oh my god you can you you can fix clothing you can fix shoes you can fix hairstyles you can't fix somebody who's a liar you can't fix somebody who's a cheater and you can't fix somebody who is unkind and like qualities that really sometimes attractive, well-dressed men with can get away with. And so her kind of mm-hmm. – she had dealt with really these cool guys with style and this who present very well who then had these like internal characteristics that I do not think can be fixed. I do not think so, you mm-hmm. can fix like kind of these core yeah. things about somebody. But that really made me think about right. not judging people based on pictures, not judging people based on what they wear because at the end of the day – right i think there's a lot of men who when they're with somebody want to please them and it's like you know dakota you wore a lot of plaid when we first started dating and which is plaid is fine oh my god they all do they all all do do. do. (laughs) and i'm sure they would say the same thing if there's some trend that women wore but and i would kind of give him like little suggestions to be like okay what about this what about this and he's like yeah like if you like that and to me, it's like, well, here's somebody who is kind, generous, thoughtful, attractive. And if I can give a little suggestion about what they wear and they're going to listen to it, it's not a fixer-upper, but it's like it, – because it's not a turtle in this sense but by no means. So I'm thinking about other women who have done this, like my friend, and he did start wearing like nicer clothes. And then she kind of yeah. got the presentation along with the really good man. Um yeah. I think in this yeah. in this case. And so when I think of fixer upper, it's not anything about like personality, it's not anything about mm-hmm. um core traits of that person that you need to fix because I think that's a that's like what Carrie does with Big that's just never going to work. Yeah. But I do think yeah. that little things about someone's um like style and appearance can yeah. be like changed. Maybe, I don't know, to fit, just some but maybe that's- Just a little you know. maintenance here and there. A little maintenance, because I think um, it's kind of like why like gay men, some like gay men look so great all the time, because they have this like instinct of like caring about how they look, and I think some straight yeah. men just like don't always have that. Yeah, and I'm don't. not
1: really sure what that's about, to be honest. What is that? Like, what is
2: that? <laughs> I grew up I grew up with a with a dad and a brother who took very good right, care of how right. they looked. Like my, right, my dad is right. the most impeccably dressed man I know. And right, that man, right. like, even when he wakes up in the morning, I feel like he has like a blazer on over his like surgeon <laughs> scrubs. And he right. always like anytime my family would go out, it looks like we're going out to like the finest restaurant. And my brother is really <laughs> well kept. So I was right, I'm used right, to men right. like caring about it, but there are some straight men who so just nice. do not. Care.
1: And you, and the reason why I don't understand is because, okay, so my partner, he's in tech, but specifically, like, in engineering, so he, like, knows a lot of those type of people, and those are, like, definitely in the category of fixer-upper, and, but also, like, really, like, lovely, kind engineer yes! people. And... <sighs> Just from, like, some stories he's told me and, like, people, like, friends of his who I've met, like... You know what it is? I think it's, like, a really, like, lack of confidence. Like, really low self-esteem or something. I'm not really sure. But where it's... Where... Or maybe they they think it's, like, too superficial, materialistic to put in that self-care. Whereas... There, yeah sure to some extent i think you can get over the top which is why i was never really attracted to like guys in williamsburg because i always thought that they were like a little <laughs> bit too into their looks and like oh into yeah their, that's like,
2: not attractive to me
1: their haircut and their like lumberjack
2: shoes that cost like 300 bucks and like it was if just you're too, like, like purposely repositioning your be- beanie i'm just not interested
1: yeah exactly like yeah
2: <laughs> that beanie better be keeping your fucking head warm it should not be on <laughs> the top of your head like a yamaka. i don't care that beanie should be pulled down
1: like, pull it, I, down.
2: like <laughs> pull it down yeah there's a level of but i i mean everyone in a sense appreciates I, I, everyone loves a man with like good style i think and like in that in the, i think there are a lot of amazing men out there it that are kind of fixer uppers if they have a woman who's like you know what like what kind of sh- sh- Samantha did this episode, which is like this, this, this. And you're going to attract more women that way. Women are not as visual, but I think they see potential. Yeah. And they're able to see like good core qualities and then be like with a new haircut and a shirt and some better shoes, like you're a different man to how you you present yourself.
1: Wait, what do you – wait, what do you mean women aren't as visual? I need, I need to unpack that.
2: Okay. I don't think – I think when women are – this is also – not scientific this is just my opinion about this okay there's this... absolutely no science on this podcast <laughs> oh absolutely not there there is none this is just wild opinions from two people with very little experience <laughs> and mostly very are little enough. science background 0 to none. <laughs> yeah very little so i do think that women when they are with they find a long-term partner tend mm-hmm. to look for non um external qualities that are attractive interesting whereas I think men their first pull in are the physical qualities so I do think a lot of ways women are less visual because they're seeing beyond the surface and seeing what could be and not just what is
1: totally and we did touch on that I think a couple episodes ago about how like I was once dating a guy and who told me that like you get like extra bonus points and if you're um, dating like an attractive female. Like that is mm-hmm. looked um, well upon with the guys. But is it
2: an attractive female that everyone thinks or is it a more – is it an attractive relative to the guy that she's dating? Is it just like
1: um, – I think relative to the, to the guy that she's dating –
2: Basically, if a guy finds a girl who's more attractive than him, he is deemed more respected within his male peers. Again, this is not scientific. <laughs> this is just yeah. our bullshitting <laughs> talking
1: about it. No. Yeah. No. I I think that's what the guy I was dating was trying to explain. That was what he was implying. And you're like, am
2: I that girl? <laughs>
1: And you know what? I don't know why. I don't know what that is. Um, if I was to try to understand why, I think that a level of it is that, you know, women have been viewed as commodities and, like, are still viewed as commodities for a lot of people. So it could be viewed on the kind of – the within the same kind of realm of having a nice car, um, yeah. having a nice job, having a nice apartment. Um, I think that – um it's kind of in that world of why um it's like we're like we're as if we're some sort of ornament don't love that idea but I also wonder like in my mind at least the positive way I would try to spin it is like maybe it has to do with like them having a really great personality and being really funny and that's how you know they pulled it off I mean I don't know but this is all very like superficial to me and I think it that, is. this. It, it's weird yeah. this
2: conversation is so superficial. And I wonder if Miranda was listening to this, what she would say. I know that's a silly thing to say because she's a fictional character, but we are the Mirandas. So sometimes I think it is a good, like, what would Miranda say or do? I wasn't Steve. I don't want to get there, but I feel like Steve was a fixer-upper.
1: Remember her? Oh, she tried 100%. to buy him that suit.
2: Harry was a fixer-upper. Oh, my God. Carrie? aiden was a fixer-upper aiden.
1: harry was aiden oh hey ha- oh you said aiden. harry sorry i thought you said
2: harry uh, yes ha- the Aiden only non no s- um aiden's uh, hot but remember remember aiden and seaton at in post season four whatever comes back with a little bit of weight off and a better dress the turquoise rings are gone he ends up changing his look and is more desirable. Oh, he does. Sure, he's not really a fixer-upper. Oh, right. Harry ends up being a fixer-upper. Steve ends up being a fixer-upper. Even Smith ends up being – Yeah. Samantha fixes him. And yes. Big is the only yeah. one. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah. And Burger, let's not yeah. even go there. That's interesting. But And again, th- this, is, <laughs> this is why
2: <laughs> we have so many more seasons to talk about these themes that the show brings up and how they relate to – dating now because i do think it's i don't know i I, can you imagine sitting down at at brunch with like a friend and they said they were dating a fixer-upper i'd be i would judge them (laughs) i would it's not really nice to say that
1: i mean i would i don't know if i judge as much as i would like note that you know and like Mm. recognize it you know like I'll will be the judge know, of if I you feel, do the, yeah. do the good job. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but. I th- I think that like, well, okay. So this is what I was going to say is that I think okay, you at the beginning we were talking about how like women like are less quote unquote visual, but like I know a mother freaking handful of women who are like very shallow and are like they can't even a six pack is like not acceptable like they want like an eight ten pack and And like height is a big thing they want the tallest person like they want the most buff beefed up dude ever and like who has like a really amazing job or or not honestly like if it comes down to more of looks i know so many people who are like that and i think it's like you need to kind of like <laughs> this sounds terrible, but you need to kind of look at yourself in that situation and think: Are you that amazing? Like,
2: you know, okay, like that, here's that's my a, thing. That's though. a standard. That's Gilly. Do you think women marry people, men, for their looks or no? I think men marry women for their looks. I do not think women would marry a man just for his looks. I do not think so. Um, I don't have enough evidence I think to prove some otherwise. Women- would marry a man just for his looks. I think there are women
1: who would marry a man just for his looks. Yeah. I mean, have you ever we watched, like, The Matchmaker? Yeah. Like, there are some people who just... <laughs> I love okay, how that's the basis I- of
2: your evidence. <laughs> 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 so, on um, the third season of 90 Day Fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> Shamella really likes... Well-
1: <laughs> So what I was going to say is, like I remember seeing like a few different millionaire women on that show who were like like wanted like the hottest, you know, sweatiest, muscular, tallest man ever. Okay, it was so like they wanted women with lots of money, sex
2: on a platter. So women with yeah, lots of they want money just, like, can then make a decision based on looks because they don't need to have the other characteristics because they're financially settled. So more is it more that women who do not have the financial security cannot just date a man based on looks. That he needs to have he needs to provide <laughs> the other qualities.
1: Sure, but I, I I'm sure that there's some gray area of like I don't know. I know you I know don't what? know. This is when I here's get, the like, thing. I hate thinking and ge- sweeping generalizations like this. Because, As do you know, I. We're, and I make them all the weird time. Weird things have happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is not the <laughs>
2: This is, I live Just my life with generalizations. Weird, sh-
1: okay, weird shit think- has happened. Weirder shit has happened, especially in 2020. Like, it's yes. hard to predict anything
2: at this point. And if Millionaire Matchmaker has taught <laughs> us anything, <laughs> this there's a lot... Of love to be given and gotten and, you know, whatever. So another theme of this episode, and I'm going to bring us right back to um, (laughs) the the, 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 theme. I know we just quick diversion. The theme of marriage (laughs) and the theme of being with somebody who is stating that they do not Mm. want to get married. So we have a really interesting but typical Carrie and Big plot line where Carrie is asking Big, about marriage. And he yes. states and tells her, like I said, I don't want to get married. Married, And then it's caused a spiral. She tries to figure this out. And can she or could, should she bring it up? Should she tell him? She eventually decides after kind of meeting with Stanford's grandmother and seeing her family photos. I do want a family. She mm-hmm. brings this up to big. They're sitting making dinner. And mm-hmm. they – um. So Carrie has dinner with Big and he has her try some of the sauce and uh, they're making pasta or something. And Carrie says, I want to get married someday and I can't date someone that won't because what's the point? She blurts it out, actually. Absolutely blurts it out because she is just like bursting at the seams to say this. And Big responds by referring to the pasta. He says, I thought we were having fun. And then he feeds her the sauce and then she tastes it and she says, it's bitter, But it definitely has possibilities. (laughs) And then they are left on a fucking cliffhanger. She legitimately says, I want to get married. Not to you, but in general. And I can't date someone who won't. And he answers her with like, I thought we were having fun. Here's this pasta sauce and we'll kiss and things will be fine. And then he says, it's way too salty. Kind of as like a little nudge
1: to Carrie's (sighs) kind of um, remark.
2: Gilly, (laughs) this season, every single episode with Carrie and Big ends with a giant question mark in which she thinks that she's, you understand why she's kind of insane, and you realize that all (laughs) along he's telling her and showing her who he is.
1: Well, I was going to say, like, okay, so, okay, so we get it. They don't communicate well, but, like, I kind of think that this is like the most accurate part of sex in the city is like I have been I've just think about past experiences of dating and how willful I've been about wanting it to work with this particular guy. Mm-hmm. And that is what I see with Carrie and Big and in my personal experience, like letting go and just not trying to change somebody or like trying to like constantly have these obstacles of I'm just, like, asking questions and, like, overanalyzing with. It's just not worth it, in
2: my opinion. But I think that's a good point, that you see the humanity in her, that she really wants it to work, and she wants to see the possibility. It is funny how, at the end, the last thing is, like, Somehow Carrie starts talking about having some <laughs> Zen teacher. She's like, and my zen, te- my zen teacher also said true happiness is living in the moment and not worrying about the future. And I was like, there is no fucking way you have a Zen teacher. And if you do, that teacher does a terrible job at keeping you Zen. And not worrying about the future. Also, what is
1: a Zen teacher? Is
2: that did you go to some yoga class? Yeah. What is the Zen teacher? But it, he the episode ends with her not <laughs> saying she's not gonna worry about the future. And yet every episode prior has her worry about the future. And yeah. okay, I, I do want to ask you a question. If you had a deal breaker, okay. this brings up deal breakers, and you really let's say you yes. really wanted to get married. Not to this particular person that you're dating Mm -hmm. yet, you don't know, but you Mm -hmm. knew you want to get married one day and the guy says, I do not want to get married. What do you do?
1: Um, Okay, so here's the dealio. I am also kind of in that boat of not being sure if I want to get married, not being sure if I want to have kids. And then part of me is like, well, maybe I do want to have kids, but maybe I don't want to get married. Maybe I want to get married, but maybe I don't want to have kids. Maybe I want to do both. Maybe I want to do neither. I'm very, like, kind of all over the place and indecisive with that. I have been for a while, and,
2: um. I mean, I'm the same. I, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah. So, right now, it's, like, for me, it's not a deal breaker. However, if I was Carrie, well, the thing is, Carrie, like, also is, like, not ready to get married. She didn't even want to marry Aiden, you know, like. She's i think i place. think it's i think it sucks to hear someone have like a firm opinion on something that you don't have a firm opinion on and are keeping open which i think is the scenario with her and big is that i think she's keeping an open mind to it and it kind of how do you work with someone who has like who's close-minded to it let alone mm. has already been married So Mm. I can, uh, that would be hard for me. And I, I understand Carrie's kind of obsessive thinking around this, but I also, um, I'm trying to think of other deal breakers. Yeah. Okay.
2: Try this one. Um, let's say you love traveling and this person says to you, nope, I don't like traveling. I don't want to do it. Not going to happen. All right. Dumped. You could – the Dumped. Date, done. Like you could accept no. the fact that, like maybe you would say, well, I can travel on my own, but not really. For a lot of people, it's no. it's kids. What if you really wanted to get a dog and the and the person said like, I mm-hmm. never want to have a dog. I can't be around dogs. Mm-hmm. Like not going to happen. Is that mm-hmm. a deal breaker? Is that not? I don't know. But I, I do think there are mm-hmm. some things if you would vision for your life mm-hmm. and the person you're mm-hmm. with – is not on board with those yes there are some superficial ones there are some value driven ones marriage signifies a level of commitment family driven whatever value that holds yeah i do think carrie is selling herself short here but i don't think carrie knows what she wants i think she just wants a commitment with big and i think he's so apprehensive of giving that to her and we see that throughout the series whereas marriage might be for her like some sort of anchor that she's chasing
1: well, that's why I, fu- right, that's why I find her kind of annoying, to be honest. Like, here, we- I'm gonna just going to roast her again. Like, it's not like she's Charlotte, who knows she wants to get married. She knows she wants kid- kids. She knows that she probably wants a house in the Hamptons. Like, she knows what she wants. Like, I will give that to Charlotte. Whereas mm-hmm. Carrie, like like you said, like, doesn't know. So why is she so kind of, like, fixated on Big's response and that's why I find that she's kind of annoying because then and then she just like doesn't get married to Aiden or or she doesn't have to but she just wears his necklace or like her his engagement ring on her neck and like all that BS and like I mean
2: Gilly this is obvious she wants when when she can't have something she wants it and when she gets something she doesn't want it Aiden wanted her Aiden wanted to get married to her Mm. so she didn't want it. Big is saying, I don't want that. So yeah. she's like the, you know, it's like the Manola Blonick. she can't afford. She will do anything self-sacrificial to get what she wants, even if it's self-destructive.
1: She's a very okay, com- complicated what about the character. Russian? What about the Russian, though, if we're going to fast forward? What are your thoughts on, like, who- where does the Russian stand in all this?
2: The Russian, I believe, signifies the other fantasy timeline that she could have lived as this cultural icon in New York who marries another probably more important cultural icon of this artist and it's this other timeline of like worldly success romance that that fantasy people have being whisked away by somebody in like this upper class echelon of like whatever that word is of I think he represents fantasy and the life that could have been I think
1: right you know what's so funny is I was gonna say that he represents distraction, which is mm. essentially what fantasy is, right? I mean, yeah. maybe I Like say, I, I that- think it's indul-
2: mm-hmm. is indulge an indulge. It's an, you're indulging in something, right? right. Um, but you're not fully in it. You're indulging right, it, knowing right. that you can step out of it. Whereas a dis- maybe a distraction yeah. is that same way too. I don't know, but this is a good. Yeah, I think it's a- distraction
1: anyway- from her. Yeah. From practicality is kind of how From practicality,
2: right? Like she's kind of at an impasse that all of her friends – wow, we jumped right to the season finale. (laughs) 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 Sorry, the series finale. We're (laughs) ending here. We're ending here. But no, we know there are a few things we need to go over though. Um, We do have a bunch of little things that we need to go over in this episode. And I think we're going to go bing, bang, boom, get them done. Um, we had some <laughs> great Miranda sarcasm.
0: It feels good to be sarcastic.
2: Um, she ends up saying in this episode when they're at brunch, <laughs> you know, you know who wants to get married? Men who miss their mommies. <laughs> I thought that was like such a fantastic Miranda <laughs> sarcasm line. Um, there's a my Miranda
1: of- call out. Yeah. My Miranda call out is with the vibrator.
2: What are you going to do over there without your job? Eat croissant? Okay, say
1: it. Well, she she, she says like, well, I know where my next orgasm is coming from.
2: Who here can say as much? I know, but that was also when she did the creepy air fingering. So I don't, you know, well, we might have to, we might have to count that one. And then we do, there is another plot line in this episode that I do think, I don't know if we're going to, we don't have enough time to go down this path with with Stanford. And he proposes to he. He proposed, he kind of pr- fake proposes to Carrie after she takes him to the ballet because she knows he'll be available, aka she knows he doesn't have plans, which is she's being a bitch. And he, anyway, he he's kind of pouring his heart out to her and saying, You know, my grandmother, yeah, people get married to my family, family, my grandmother gives an inheritance. And he's like, Well, what if we got married? And he's kind of being kind of funny, and then she's ha ha ha, but he's it's not serious, it's a little serious, whatever. She they have this kind of like little proposal or something, not really. And Carrie, when Stanford says that his grandmother kind of isn't accepting of him being gay, then is like, "Well, well Big doesn't want to get married."
1: Yeah, what? he says he basically says Grandma doesn't believe in gay, and, yes, and without skipping a without skipping a beat, Carrie is like, "Well, Big doesn't believe in marriage," and I'm like,
2: within the same breath, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, "Can we get back to Stanford?" Yeah. pouring his heart out of this, like, beloved family member who doesn't accept or believe in his sexuality. And you turn it to your boyfriend of probably less than a year, doesn't believe in getting you're, married.
1: Your boy of, like, one month.
2: <laughs> oh, that was so carry Tracker. It was, it was, it was bad.
1: I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another ten minutes.
2: And she does this. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Stanford a bit. Even though he showed up in the first episode, he is a recurring great character. Carrie is awful to Stanford.
1: Oh my god.
2: She treats him like the classic, this like stereotypical straight woman with a gay best friend who she just like annihilates and treats like shit a lot of the time. And
1: he's just like an accessory to like, like, it's just like a soundboard for her. And like... (laughs) There are so many instances in which Stanford is, like, pouring his heart out because he's clearly, like, very insecure. Maybe he's not the hottest gay man there is in New York City and, like, has his own dating troubles. And, like, Carrie just does not even really
2: entertain the thought of... no.
0: She pities him, she
2: infantilizes him, and she does treat him like an accessory. And I think at one point she does say, and a girl's best friend, you know, a girl's best accessory, her gay friend. I'm like, oh, God, that's so dated and bad. So bad. Yeah. Because in this episode, he's he, he, um, I'm going to just mention this one thing because I made it like a funny thing, is that we have another one of those like ancient scroll tablets that comes (laughs) up when Stanford places a personal ad and calls himself an Ed Harris type. And the one person responds and shows up and sees him and is like, sorry, this isn't going to happen. And I just thought it was like, so, so fantastic. They had another freaking ad that they they put in.
1: It was fantastic because the guy looked exactly like him.
2: I know. (laughs) I I know. It's so bad.
1: Um, He's like, like, even guys who are like me aren't interested in me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He also has He's like, puberty is a phase. 15 years of rejection is a lifestyle. (laughs) So good, um, <laughs> it, like so good. Um, some some fashion that I do want to call out. Um, oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Um, I loved mm-hmm. Sam's date outfit in which she's rejected. She has a beautiful blue skirt and a top. She yes. looks great. There was lots of bad hair in this episode, yeah. particularly from Miranda. Um, yes. and I think I liked Charlotte's musty sex silk pj set i thought it was really pretty I, now i'm like disturbed by it i was gonna say
1: it's like this slate dusty blue silk yeah pj set and i did like carrie's like tube dress that had this like one yes. strap that was like asymmetrical if i wore that i would look like a lunch bag like, i
2: would <laughs> I, I, or I was I, trying to be like a halloween costume yeah <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, that was, I thought that was great fashion. Um, I didn't have any Samantha zingers, like any strong zingers, you know?
2: Yeah. She ended up, she ended up telling Charlotte when they're at this dinner or lunch, if you were 25, that would be adorable, but you're 32. So it's just stupid. Like Charlotte says like a relationship she built on trust and like equality or something. And Samantha's like, dear God. Um, no. So I guess we're not going to count that as a zinger. No. What are you going to rate this episode? Do you want me to share mine first?
1: Yes, share it first, please. I had a religious experience at Manolo Blanek.
2: I'm giving this a solid 2.0. Whoa!
1: Um, I know. I'm going to give it a 2.75 because I think we had some good conversation that came out of this themes in this episode. Um, it was
2: thought-provoking.
1: <laughs> it was thought-provoking. I do want to say I had one... The, there was one time where I burst out laughing this episode, <laughs> and it was when <laughs> it's when Carrie and Miranda bust through um, Charlotte's apartment because she's with her rabbit, <laughs> and Carrie goes, "You put the rabbit behind a stuffed rabbit." <laughs> oh,
2: Charlotte, uh... you hid the rabbit behind a stuffed rabbit. That is so you. You guys have a lot of nerve coming in here. You're the one who made me get it. Like, that's so Charlotte. <laughs> Wait, that, that whole scene. Okay, if you're going to watch this episode. What? <laughs> uh, uh, no. An amazing scene worth watching is just when Carrie and Miranda um, have the intervention with Charlotte with what Gilly said about opening the windows because of the stench <laughs> and the manhandling of an unhygienic per- vibrator being put in a purse. And yeah, I do think that scene was really funny. Um, see, this is the problem is that if you give yours and I want to change, I'm going to stick with a 2.0. I I stick think with the 2.0. Yeah, I'm going to stick with a 2.0. Um, so next week we have a great episode. We have, um, what is the one is this called? It's episode 10. Next week is the baby shower one.
1: Oh, I love this episode.
2: I love this episode. Lainey's Baby Shower. Yeah. And I'm going to preemptively
1: pretty... give it a four. It's...
2: Wow. I'm not. <laughs> um, that? But I will give a hint and say um, thanks for listening, Shayla's. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be a oh little God, hint you're... into next week's episode <laughs> all right i'm sarah all right guys no you have to say <laughs> I'm you're gilly. gilly and we're the mirandas we'll see you next week all right we'll see you next week guys all right bye bye